Okay. So who remembers, uh, I think it was last, not last week, the uh, week before I spoke and, um, and I said about um, leadership isn't a position, it's a posture of the heart. Yeah. Um, I have to admit that was one of those things that literally just tumbled out of my mouth at the time and I just went, oh, actually, yeah, it is like that. Um, so it was a bit of a like wow moment for me as well. Um, but I think when it comes to intercession, it has a lot to do with posture of the heart, posture of the way you think about what you do with your day-to-day life, posture of... Um, Am I just passing through as a just like a wind passing through, or am I walking through as an ambassador for Christ as a kingdom domain rule and reign, um, making my presence felt and known um, kind of person? Because that actually is a posture, it's not just a um, forget that the kingdom even exists and I just go through my day and like it doesn't, okay? It's, it matters because when you realise that the reason you are where you are in whatever realm that you are, that you spend your day, whether it's in a truck or in a school or, you know, behind a cash register, it doesn't actually matter, but you are there as an intercessor, And so you can see that in the life of Jesus, he came on the earth. It was planned before the foundations of the world. He came to the earth. He worked, he walked a perfect sinless life. And if any of you have done Elijah house teachings, you will sit there and be baffled at how that was even possible. (laughs) More sorry. (laughs) Um, He... He laid his life down when he could have been some. He could have summoned angels and been delivered in a blink of an eye. He chose the cross. He gave his life and was raised three days later. Then came back, was with the disciples for forty days. Like all of that was a great act of intercession. Because to intercede for something is like I see trouble over there. And I see my saviour here and I'm placing myself in the middle and I'm going to change the outcome. And so can you see how that is a posture? It's not just a, I'm standing over here going, oh yeah, there's trouble. There's God. There's the enemy. Oh yeah, let's just sit back with the popcorn and watch what happens. Let's see how this plays out. Because that's how a lot of us can go through our daily life. Because we don't know the person in front of us' story. We don't know what they're wrestling with. We don't know what's going on in their life. We don't know anything about most of them. And we don't even ask. But we don't even ask the Lord, do you have something to say about their lives? Do you have something that you want to tell them? And so we need to, we really, like, tonight what I want to bring is a, I think, like, a realignment, like, a self-evaluation of, like, what do I, how do I really go through my day when I interact with people? And, like, a good look at ourselves, okay? So this is, this is firm correction, but at the same time, it's 
for all of us, myself included. And so how do I go through my day? Do I go through my day in the posture of like, I'm going to speak up and it might not be to the person, but I know the one that can deliver, which makes me a deliverer. And I'm going to position myself and I'm going to say to the enemy, not on my watch. There's a line in the sand and I'm going to put myself in the middle of this. Um, I'm going to tell a really cool story. I haven't asked Jess Talbot permission for this. <laughs> but I remember, <laughs> so, sorry, I just, it just literally came to me. It's a perfect example. <laughs> um, I think it was Rachel, um, youngest sister, um, getting got bailed up by some guys on the way home from school or something, I think it was. Anyway, Jess, who I don't think at the time was walking with her but wasn't too far away, she heard what was going on. She interjected, got in the middle and bam. (laughs) Is that accurate? A warning first. I got a warning first. (laughs) That is an act of intercession, my friends. (laughs) You're intentionally placing yourself in the way of the enemy because you have the authority. You have the authority. Jesus, when he handed, like he went down, he got the keys of um, death, took them back from the enemy and he came back and presented himself to the disciples raised out of the grave or ascended into heaven, did all the transactions. He then took what Adam and Eve had handed over in the garden, dominion over the earth as such, back to mankind. And so now it's up to us, the church, to reestablish the dominion of God. So, yes, Jesus has done all that, but we still live in a fallen world. And I tell you this, it's all about real estate. And it's all about the space that we take up. Yeah, we good? Sorry, it's not meaning to be too firm, but it's, I, I really want us to, like, we need to shift the way we think. Um, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8 to 10, and it's Paul writing and to the church of Ephesus, and he says, To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. So it's now the church's responsibility to stand up in the fallen world. It's all good. Things aren't falling apart behind me. Um, To stand up to the enemy and say, not on our watch. It's like and the spirit of Antichrist is being pushed back because the church continues to pray. That's why it hasn't happened yet. As long as the church, it's, like, it's literally the church holding it back. Think about that for a moment. That's what we're called to do. 
is to push back the darkness. Jesus came to destroy the works of darkness. That's now our job. Okay? So then what does that look like in your day-to-day life? What it looks like is when I hear someone coughing or I'm not well, can I pray for you? And in that simple act, you're just going, not today, Satan. When you hear someone is having chaos just in their lives, you stand there and go, can I pray for you? And you just bring in the shalom peace of God into that situation. When someone's making a decision and there's a big, it could be a life-changing decision or it could be just a simple decision. It's like, hey, would it be all right if I pray for you? And even if they say no, that does not mean you can't take it back to the Lord in your secret place. And it does not mean you cannot stand in the gap for them. That's how when you walk into a room, everything shifts and changes. And hell knows the name of people that sit there and go, not on my watch. Things have to shift. The enemy has to get out of the way. And there's like something in us needs to kick over to realize who we are and what we are called to do. That's what we create. Your your natural body is even designed to intercede to be intercession, okay? Hang on, I'm just going to take a deep breath for a minute. Sorry, that was just been a bit intense, hasn't it? <laughs> I'm just reminded of this funny meme I saw today. Oh, wait, no, so good. <laughs> this one I showed you. It's like, it's like when we, we need to realise when we pray, it's like, what is it? Our Father in heaven, bam, bam. <laughs> Your kingdom come, you will be done. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> oh, dear. Sorry, it was really, it was really funny, wasn't it, Kaya? <laughs> oh, cool. Okay. So when we, when we kind of like realise this is our identity, our inheritance is to stand in the gap then we can have a confidence. But the thing is, you don't have to wait till you've got the confidence to stand in the gap. It's actually in the process of standing in the gap that the confidence will build. Okay? So we don't get the... There is no excuse to wait till I have confidence. Have you ever watched anyone... um, Ride a dirt bike. I know some... I've got some good friends. And they do what's called enduro riding. And it's nuts. Like, seriously, they put bikes over logs like this, declines like this, inclines like that, sometimes like that, around trees, quick bends and all that stuff. And I watch them and I go like, oh, wow, that looks amazing. Now, I've got a dirt bike. My toes just touch the ground. Do you think I would – there's no way in a million years to get me doing what they're doing. (laughs) And because I don't have confidence – But the more I do it, the more confident I get and the more brave and game I get. And so it's the same with standing in the gap. It's the more brave you get of going, can I pray for you? The more brave you become. 
And you know what? There are so many people that when I ask, can I pray for you? They're like, actually, really, that would be amazing. Thank you. Like, they're actually so grateful because you actually made an effort and you showed care. And they might, not have, they might not even know God. They actually might not even believe in God. But the fact that someone cared enough to ask speaks volumes. Because so many people just pass by. Or so many people hear it and go, oh, wow, that sucks. So what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> no one steps into their pain. Like it's common that no one would step into the pain of people, friends or not. And when I was, um, I was over in Sydney earlier this year and um, my good friend and I were just walking around looking for where to eat and there was this, this gentleman just walked up to us and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and he's like, I'm hungry, can you buy me a sandwich? I'm like, yeah, let's go, where do you want to go? took him in and just bought him whatever he wanted. And I just said, can I pray for you? And I tell you what, the presence of God was so thick and strong and the whole shop was watching. And they were so moved by it. And I could just feel the presence of the Lord. And it was nothing, it was nothing extravagant. He needed, he was moving house because he couldn't afford rent where he was. And so he was relocating literally his whole house to, I think it was like, uh, three or four hours away. Like it was a big move. And so I just prayed, Jesus, that you would go before him and you would make it easy for him. That was it. And he was so touched and moved. And he's like, thank you so much. Thank you so much, you know. And it's literally, it's, it's little, it doesn't have to be some extravagant offering thing. It can be just the simple. And we overcomplicate it and we're intimidated by it. Sounds like a good strategy of someone I know, unfortunately. And so I just really want to encourage you. When you see an, anyone see the movie Robots? When, yeah, see a need, fill a need. You know, <laughs> you see a need, reach in and do something about it. You're the intercessor that the Lord just placed there in that moment. It's not someone else, it's you. And so we have the authority to bless. We have the authority over life and death in the power of our tongue. Like, that's you. Go, that's me. Yeah. And so we have, obviously we have different areas that we all are in. So we can, I want to talk about interceding, like tarrying prayer for those that um, you're with on a daily basis, so more irregular. And so that can be in a family setting. That can be um, in your marketplace. It could be like business, school, whatever. And whether you realise it or not, when you know the Lord, when you've received him as your Lord you are now under authority and now that means there's lots of things under your authority and so whether you are 
positionally in charge over people, entrusted with people, or whether you're on the bottom rung of, say, business or whatever, because you are there as an intercessor on behalf of Jesus, representing Jesus, you are a leader. And so you are there. You can choose to, if you so choose, the mission is to pray for those that you encounter every day. And so that doesn't have to be with their knowledge. That can just be between you and the Lord. Um, But it's daily taking them before the Lord and lifting them up. And it can be for provision, things you just notice about them. It can be that um, when you're near them physically, you might feel certain things or you might think certain things. And so this is where discernment comes into it. And so you might feel sad when you're talking to them and suddenly you want to cry and you don't know why. And so you can take that before the Lord and go, I don't know what's going on, Lord, but I can feel there's a real deep grief in their heart. And so, and so I just ask Holy Spirit that you would come as the great comforter. And so you're interceding on their behalf. You're bringing them for before the Lord. You might feel... Um, so I think I'd mentioned this once when I was speaking... Um, you get near someone and all of a sudden you start thinking, I want to kill myself. And you're kind of like going, well, that's not a normal thing to think. And especially if you've never thought that before, you really notice it. Um, Quite often if that has been part of your story, um, you start quite possibly start thinking it's yourself because it's somewhat familiar. But I really encourage you when you have things like that, If you have random thoughts race through your mind, usually I find for me when it's the enemy, it goes sideways. It's almost like a line goes sideways through my head. Um, It's the enemy. And it's very often when you can be with people that you hear thoughts going through and it's usually what they're struggling with. So you can hear the lies of the enemy. So you can, I mean, even right there on the spot, you go, I just bind every lie of accusation. I bind up that spirit of death right now in the name of Jesus and I release life. I loosen life on them. You know, um, you can take that then into prayer and you can go hard after that spirit of death to break off of them. And you can pray protection around them and you can pray for their ears to open to be able to hear the gospel of the kingdom, for their eyes, for revelation to be able to illuminate the eyes of their imagination according to Ephesians 1.17, um, to illuminate the eyes of their imagination that they may see Jesus rightly. That's what you're there to do. And so sometimes there might be really hard ground with someone but the Lord is like going, pray for them, pray for them, pray for them. And they're, like, they're standing out to you and you don't know why, even to the point that it annoys you. It's like, pray for them. Usually if someone irritates you, that's a good reason to pray for them. It's a very good reason to pray for them. And not just like a once-off blessing, but Pray consistently for them because something about what their stories, what they're wrestling with, what they're dealing with is rubbing you intentionally up the wrong way. 
um, John 1 says, um, and it's talking about Jesus, the word in the beginning was the word. Sorry, I can't remember off the top of my head, word for word. But anyway, and it says, um, and the darkness could not comprehend the light. And so when you come as a light bearer and someone is in demonic torment, there is a clashing of kingdoms that happens. And quite often you will feel irritated and they're feeling irritated. And yet you don't know why. It's because there's a clash of kingdoms. And so take that, go and pray for them. Ask the Lord for opportunities. Um, I did, uh, was it not this week gone, the week before, I spoke on Sunday on um, encounter, encounter um, prayers of intercession. And then a few weeks before that, I did another teaching thing on prayers that multiply. If you go back and look at those, they've actually got specific keys of strategies there that you can utilize to um, pray so you can go onto the um, paradox youtube and our web page will have those links there for you as well if you want to get actual strategies as such okay and so i'd really like for us just take a moment to think just just stop and think about okay who am i encountering on my day-to-day life that I'm just kind of like walking, not walking past them in the sense of um, ignoring them, but actually not engaging with them and kind of like going, okay, Lord, what's going on here? You know, is there anyone that stands out to you? So just have a quick think about that. So that person can be your assignment for this week. (laughs) You know, um, I tell you what, you know, like when someone really gripes you, when you've when you've had, and it could be that something happened between you, or when you find that your heart is hard to someone it's actually really good to pray for them because in that process of praying for them, the Lord will soften your heart to them. Um, and He not only will he soften your heart to them, but he will actually cause you to see them as he sees them. And you cannot truly pray for someone if you don't love them. And so don't, like if someone irritates you, stick with it. Because it's worth it. And you'll be amazed, even just going through that process, that it'll actually shift the dynamics in your relationship with them. And they will be way more perceptive to receiving from you. And that's not just receiving your hello. That's receiving um, all that you carry. It's the opportunities to pray for them, the opportunities to speak life into them, the opportunities to champion them and to get around and cheer them on and for them to be able to receive it genuinely. Okay? So it's really important that we don't um, run away from those little irritants and things like that. What is it with um, 
the irritants produce the most beautiful pearls. Yeah. How we going? Very good. Yeah. Um, I've covered all that. That's great. <laughs> and so um, I just had here, like, be ready in season and out of season. Uh, look for the opportunities to serve. Um, Jess and I were talking earlier, and we are just talking about um, leadership is, like, Christ-like leadership is servant leadership. And so when we're interceding, we're actually serving someone. We're serving the Lord, but we're serving someone. And not just, I mean, intercession can be prayer, but it can be just making someone a hot cup of coffee. Could be just, oh, would you like me to pick that up on the way into work for you? Like just all those things that are serving, they... I think we need to also like look at the fact that it's not just intercession is just not one thing. Like we typically go intercession is prayer and that's it. But intercession, like as we can see by Jesus' example of coming and dying, standing in the gap, but it's like the serving others is a form of intercession. Because when um, someone's having a rough day and you don't know about it and you just show up with a cup of coffee for them and they're just like going, this is exactly what I needed. And it just speaks into their heart like that. You just interceded for them. You just came along and you cheered them on. You just came along and lifted their head. You lifted their gaze. You lifted their heart. So it's good to like, kind of stretch that box of what we sometimes put intercession into. All right. So I was going to talk a little bit about discernment, especially in the area of intercession. Um, And to do that, I was just going to use some of my personal stories, I guess, that I've had over the years. And probably the one consistent story I've had um, probably since my early 20s, is that I start um, discerning what's going to happen on a Sunday gathering about two or three days beforehand. And so I start, ex- I start experiencing the opposition. And so it's been a big, steep learning curve over the years because I feel it literally in my body. I hear it in my thoughts. I feel it in my emotions. I, um, it can physically manifest in my eyes and my ears. There's times when I can walk into a place and all of a sudden I physically can't hear properly um, or I suddenly can't see properly. It's really annoying. <laughs> but it's a gift at the same time because I know what we're coming up against and I know what to intercede for and pray for. It's been a long journey, though, but of learning these things. And so and I, the reason why I'm talking about this is because I want you to sit there and go, oh, maybe that, why that's what's happening with me. And so um, last, I'm just going to speak into last, this Sunday just gone because it's just so recent. So um, we've had just the f- last few weeks of where our worship for me has felt like, eh, 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 we're in, oh, no, you know, like, oh, str- you know, we're wrestling to get in to his presence where, and for me, 
I can feel the presence of the Lord when I just like, yes, Jesus, I love you. And I breathe in and out. And like even now I can just feel him like rest on me. And, and that's beautiful and sweet. But then there's times when it's like I can, the same thing, and it's like a potato crisp, dry. It just snaps. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, here we go. And so I step then into the position of an intercessor. And I, I usually I can tell days ahead of like how easy or wrestly it's going to be on a Sunday. And so last week on Tuesday morning, I was um, in my car out here in the car park on a prayer meeting for something else. And Holy Spirit just clear as day said to me, there's going to be breakthrough in the worship this Sunday. And everything in me went, yes, awesome. Because there's a few things I've learned about God over the years is that he'll tell me something because there's opposition. But he also tells me something because he knows how to get through the opposition to the promises on the other side. But it requires me standing in the intercessor space. Because we live in a fallen world, a lot of the times, actually most of the times, the things that God says doesn't happen on its own. It requires each of us to take our place and our space and declare it. To stand in the place and go, no, this is what God said. I had a picture I felt the Lord show me earlier today. I'm going to borrow this for a moment. We need to get this in our hearts and we need to take it with our words and smack that enemy across the head. <laughs> hey, or punch him in the eyes, right between the eyes. Because it, this is the sword of the spirit that's in your hand and in your mouth. As when it talks about um, putting on your spiritual armor in Ephesians, it's talking about the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the waist belt of truth, the shoes of the gospel of peace, your shield of faith, and the sword of the Spirit. His word does not return void. He is faithful to complete every word he says. And so when David says, I meditate on your laws day and night. Because when he wrote songs or when he prayed, this is what was coming out of his mouth. And we need this to come out of our mouth. Okay, it's a two-edged sword. Okay. So anyway, the Lord spoke that to me. And so I'm like, awesome. So I put up a few notices to the worship team, prayer shepherds, and just some leadership that we have in place. And... It was amazing because I said to them, please stand and start praising now. And then I went into intercessor mode and I had, oh, was it four or five days of wrestling? It was a wrestle match. And it was standing and just going, your word is true. There is breakthrough. And in his faithfulness, and this does not happen every Sunday, okay, or every week, okay. 
times it does, and it's awesome. <laughs> but he, ta- he showed me a picture of what was happening in the spirit with our community every, like for the last seven or eight weeks, that we were going into this new territory, like a literal land in the spirit. And then um, I'm going to use an analogy here. Firstborn children, when they're coming out of the birth canal, they descend down and then they retract. And then they descend and they retract because it's actually softening up the muscles of the birth canal as well. So when you have number two, three, it doesn't do that so much. But the first one, it's really noticeable. And so I saw what was happening was, is we're going into this land and retracting, going into this land, retracting. And the Lord was saying to me this week, you're going into the land and you're going to inhabit the land and you're not retracting back out of it again. And so I was just like, oh, it's really on. And so you take a word of a promise and you grab hold of it. That's a part of intercession. It's a part of you grab hold of the word and you go, I am not settling for less, Jesus. And you take it to the you take it to the bank and you stand on that. And then when the enemy tries to throw things at you, you say, no, but Jesus said. And that's why the word of God is important in your mouth. And, that's the, and that also includes the, what he's spoken to you words. So many of your um, prophetic words that you've ever had in your life if you just, you know, tuck them in a folder and put them away and never look at them again, you will not see them come to pass. Because we live in a new covenant and we co-labor with God. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We're not in the same, like the old covenant, when the prophets said it, it happened. We are now in an, like, it's like an era of faith where we put our breath into it as well. We put our footsteps, sometimes we're putting our money into it, and we're partnering with God in it to see it come to pass. And we are contending for it because you can better believe it. The enemy will do everything he can to stop you to see those things come to pass. Okay? You realize you're in a war to see your prophetic words come to pass. And so I'd spent some time, sorry, back to the story, spent some time, like obviously prayer, fasting, praying, praising. And I could feel, but I could feel like I could feel the wrestle, but at the same time I could feel like this slipstream in it. And so by the time Sunday came, it was so beautiful because by the time we started pre-gathering prayer, it's like it just went, and it was like, it was done in pre-gathering prayer. It was amazing. And our beautiful Lynn led pre-gathering prayer. She was, um, it was stunning. And I remember, um, like, we were, con- even there, like, we were kind of, we were contending, but it was like that praise contending kind of thing happening. And anyway, and we've just, um, a few of us have been meditating this last week on uh, Revelations 4 verse 1. And it says, and then I heard a trumpet sound and then I heard voice say, come up here for I will show you things that must come to pass. And so a few of us have been meditating on that. And so it was just kind of like bubbling up in my spirit a lot. 
And as I was just like, suddenly it just like popped into my head again. And suddenly I hear in the spirit a shofar blowing. And, and I just started to make the sound with my mouth. And um, Lynn, I was standing next to Lynn. She heard me and she said, oh, listen to the sound. And we all just joined in with this sound. Oh, man, talking about goosebumps. It was like literally like we just got whoop, sucked up into heaven, in the heavenly realm. And it was like we just went, and we just went, it just shifted dramatically even more. And then as soon as we got up and we started playing, it was like, it's done. Now we're just walking in. The door's wide open. We're just walking in. And even I was, um, I had my eyes closed a lot on Sunday because I could just see so much happening in the spirit. Um, I could actually see people's hearts better with my eyes closed and I could my eyes open. It was amazing. And so I was like enjoying that. And I saw, um, I saw Jesus was standing like at this big picnic table and he's like, come in, the, place that, the places are set. And it was literally like that Psalms 23 verse 5, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And we're literally just walking in and going and sitting at the table. It was that easy. And then another part later, I can't even remember what we were singing, but it was like literally like we had like darkness had kind of like come, not, not real close in, but around the outside of us. And we were just enjoying Jesus and just declaring who he was and it was like suddenly we whipped around and we just started going at the enemy, just saying, like declaring, like he is El Shaddai, he is Elohim, the great I am, Emmanuel, God is with me. And we just started declaring it and it drove back the darkness. That's the power of intercession, people. And it's like we might not see it. We might not feel it. We might not hear it. But it doesn't negate the necessity of it. It is still so important. It changes nations. My goodness, you need to do a Google study on how wars have been shifted through intercession. Absolutely stunning. What Even on the battlefield, they've seen like tanks coming at them and no tanks have been sent. And it, like, for real, you activate angel armies when you pray. And so I just really want to encourage you with that because no prayer is too little. You are not little. You're giant. And he has placed you where he has placed you for a reason. And don't think of yourself small. Think of yourself as big. And even if you're just learning, think big. Think of yourself as big. Your yes and amen. He's backing it up. He wants to reach people more than you do. He wants to minister to someone's heart more than you do. And so he's going to show up. Actually, he's already there. And so I just really want to bless you with that. I want to encourage you. Go back to those couple of things if you want some actual tools in your tool belts of things you can utilize for... Um, intercession prayer that are very effective um if you want to know some great books just um grab me afterwards there's lots of great resources on intercession it's not a new thing at all um 
yeah, and so I just hope that encourages you and gets you thinking and gets you asking some questions, which we're going to hear right now. Anyone? Jen. Jen's always got great questions. I love it. Um, before you spoke about a thought pa- passing through your mind. Yes. Um, on It goes, like, sideways. Yep. What, can you, like, just develop on that a little bit more? Okay. So... You know those banners that planes drag through the sky sometimes? It's literally I can hear and see it in writing like it traipses, it goes like almost literally like through my head that way. And it's usually from the right to left for me. Um, People, everyone's different in that, but that's quite often how I will hear thoughts. Um, Yeah, does that help? Like specifically thoughts that have come from other people? Yeah, so it can be thoughts from other people, what they're being tormented by. So like a particular spirit. So if it's a spirit of death associated with suicide, I will like, I just want to kill myself or I should just kill myself. Or if it's um, wrestling with, uh, with grief, I tend to feel it more, um, probably because I've also got a history with grief. Um, That's part of my story. But yeah, just um, depression, I will just like, I can hear that sometimes. I see, I say hear, but sometimes it's seeing and hearing it. Yeah, so it's, it'll be, so if you encounter a spirit of fear, you will fear, feel, you will feel fear. Um, intimidation, sometimes you'll feel fear and you'll hear thoughts of, I just want to run away or I can't do this. I just want to quit. The enemy will use your language as if it's first person. Just a heads up on that. He doesn't talk third person to you because he wants to trick you into thinking it's your thoughts or your emotions. Um yeah, so that's a thing as well. Is that sufficient? Yeah. Cool. Michael's got a question here. Oh, sorry, someone else. Okay. Thank you. I got a, got a question about the authority thing you were talking about. Mm-hmm. So you said because um, we're under his authority, we mm-hmm. have authority then to intercede. Yeah. So the last few days I've been watching a lot of sermons about you know, choosing God as your master. And I realised that for myself, I was still kind of holding on to maybe 5% where I'm my own master, yeah. doing my own thing, you know. And, you know, I got nice stuff and I, yeah. I like my stuff and all this sort of stuff. And and I realised, yeah, I've got to just give 100% of my life mm-hmm. to God and quit doing human human effort, putting stop putting human effort into things. Stop using human wisdom and start relying on God's wisdom. Mm. And and so do you think is it important to have him as your master one hundred percent when you intercede or can you can do you have to be one hundred percent right by God all the time to intercede successfully? Or can you just 
do it. I'm really starting to feel the difference. Yeah. It's like the dry cracker you were saying. Mm -hmm. My prayers, things are quieter when I'm my own master in areas of my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm just starting to really give away everything yeah. to him. And I'm starting to feel different. Yeah. Um, but I suppose it's just like the difference. Can you speak on that at yeah. all? So part of the sanctification journey in life is that he's becoming more and more our Lord. But what he has is our yes when we gave our lives to him and we just said you can have it all. That was our yes and coming in under his lordship, regardless of whether my whole heart knows all of that and all that stuff. And so when um, scripture talks about in Hebrews about um, that Jesus was the one-time offering for all mankind, like he fulfilled everything that needed to be fulfilled so that our sin was totally forgiven. So we actually have, we have a position of holiness and so that matters because we can boldly, it says um, in Hebrews 9 or 10, and um, we boldly approach his throne. And it says, talks about with a clear conscience. And so we can come boldly between, before his throne of grace to, him, to ask of him anything. And so even if, dude, we'll be working this all out until the day we die. <laughs> the reality is like... I think he's fully Lord of my life and then he's still revealing stuff to me in my heart that isn't yielded to him. Um, and he's regularly bringing me to the edge of where my yes is and to find places of where I have a no. So it's an ongoing journey. It's not a one-time deal. Sorry, <laughs> I wish it was. But so it doesn't matter because we've yielded our lives to him and we're in the sanctification journey and we're learning and so we can stand because Jesus has already paid for it. So we're literally, the word, um, I, love, I can't remember where it's in the scripture, but the word it uses is appropriate. And so it's taking something that's already been purchased and going and then standing in it and going, yep, it's already been paid for and walking in it. And so when we're interceding, we're just going, it's already been paid for. And so now I'm just going to walk in it and I'm just taking my place Ephesians um, talks about we're seated in Christ in heavenly places because we've received him. It's nothing that we've done and it's nothing we could ever do. All we do is just yield. And so, yes, we can stand in that place of intercessor. We can stand in the face of the enemy and say, not today. Did you want to add to that? One hundred percent agree. I think experientially you'll notice a difference based upon the level of yieldedness to God. That's all it is. You're yielding to His lordship, to Him to be Lord. I think it. What it does is it shifts your perspective. It shifts your confidence. It it uh, creates a greater level of intimacy. So you're hearing more clearly. You're speaking more declaratively, and so you feel kind of because you're positioned like in a if you understand in a military sense. Like there's even that uh, story where. You're the is it the centurion? yeah the centurion comes and he's like well I know your authority so Jesus like you've got more faith than you know than uh, you know most of Israel because you because he's like you don't need to come to my house to heal to heal this it's like you no know, I know your authority and so he understood those authority structures and the reality is there is an authority structure in in God's kingdom so 
um, being rightly aligned to his lordship is going to make a difference in your intercession. You know, the prayers of a righteous man are, are powerful and effective. And uh, I remember uh, it was a few days after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and there was a, a circumstance within my extended family uh, that, that wasn't good. And we got together, uh, a couple of us, and we prayed. There was just a, 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 there was probably a difference in how I prayed, but there was just something of where I'd stepped into a new dimension of relationship and power and authority with God in some way that it activated a change in this situation where the person had an angelic, like an angel came into their room, shifted the whole scenario, all of this sort of stuff. But it was like, I saw the difference because of how my relationship with God had shifted. So uh, I think there certainly is, it's, it's like, we can pray, we can bumble through, fumble through some sort of whatever prayer and God will move and act. And he, he honors us because the reality is, you know, on the best of days, we're still not that great compared to Jesus. Um, so he'll, he'll honor that. But I think we will know experientially if like, if we're actually flowing in and we're positioning ourselves rightly with God, there will be a difference in the outcome as well. So, yeah. The answer. Yeah, cool. Um, you mentioned something about being ready in and out of the season. So what mm -hmm. does being ready for intercession look outside of a season? Outside of the season. Okay, so it looks like that I'm keeping in connection with the Lord, that I'm reading, I'm reading the Word of God, I'm getting it into me, I'm waiting on Him. And so that can look different for all of us. But um, I'm maintaining a connection, I'm ma maintaining a heart posture of listening to Him. So then you'll be amazed just by like attuning your ear to listen to Him when you're out, you know, doing whatever, and He goes... Tell them, so tell them your cat's going to be okay. And you're like, why is the cat going to be okay? And they, you say that to them and they go, oh, my goodness, my cat's in the vet. It's being treated and I don't know if it's going to make it, you know. And so it's just having, it's having ears to hear. And so that even when it looks like you're looks like life is quiet, there's not much is happening. It's like that you're still in that place of feeding um, in the Word, feeding in worship, feeding, you know, with people. And that so when the moment comes, you're ready to step into it because you've actually been stewarding the other stuff. Does that make sense? Sweet. Cool. Any other questions? Okay. So my question is, with intercession, um, in a situation where you're interceding with um, someone else in a situation and the person that you're praying for is becoming more aggressive towards you, more um, creating a lot of... Tr um, drama for you um, and so when is it time to pull back and walk away and if that doesn't over a very long period of time doesn't stop it just gets the whole situation gets pretty um, vicious yeah so are you meaning I'm just going to clarifying so when you're praying with someone for someone else yeah yeah, yeah. and the situation that's happening like um yeah. you know like 
in the third person's life? Your meaning? Well, the way that the person you're praying for becomes more agitated. Yeah. Towards... Yeah. So remember before we were saying about how like the clash of the kingdoms, and so quite often that can happen of where the Lord, like you're praying for them and it's upping the ante and it's causing, it's almost like um, the demonic is getting irritated. So they're responding out of irritation towards you. So love is the answer. But then I would say also on that you have healthy boundaries in how you allow someone to treat you. Um, Abuse is not okay. Um, And so it's even just, it doesn't mean though, that you have to be in their face praying for them. It can be that you and a friend have partnered together and you're just praying for them and you don't have to say anything to that third person. And so just what you see is just it's a bubbling up and you keep going until the Lord says stop. And then there's deliverance. Hang on, just let. So then there's also the feeling of um, failure in some respects when okay. there's a certain that you can see that there's a stop. This isn't going to improve. That person isn't going to. They're just getting to the point where you are being threatened in some ways. Um, but then when you realise that and you walk away then that feeling of failure mm-hmm. for God in for that person because they're not going to, you know what I'm saying? Your yes. responsibility is to pray. It's his responsibility to do the rest. Did you want to? Yeah. I think sometimes we can assume the Lord's outcomes um, when we just need to know, well, what's his intention for me to do? What's he asked me to do? And we think, well, we assume, well, I know what you, surely this is what you would want, God, is for this situation to be sorted in this particular way and this to happen and that person to get delivered and then they get saved and they come and we become best friends and they see them at, at church next week or whatever it is. And, and yet the Lord's not, he's saying, pray. Don't You don't need to worry about the outcomes, not actually your concern in a sense uh, it's God's and so and I think we pray until God says and so when to stop and that's when the grace lifts sometimes but not to discount that all of those seeds that were planted all of those prayers that were prayed that they weren't that they weren't effective just maybe now not in this time and in this season uh, I think we know from you know with all the heart journey and prayer ministry stuff sometimes things get worse before they get better there's actually a ripening and sometimes for someone to, to manifest for things to get worse is actually where they get to the end of themselves or maybe things get revealed that wouldn't have gotten revealed in another way so um, yeah, that feeling of failure, as much as it can feel normal to feel that way, uh, don't assume that that what God had you plant in your prayers is not going to, you know, one day uh, produce good fruits. So, yeah. um, also, the enemy would love for you to stop. <laughs> he don't like it when the saints rise up and pray. Yeah, because he's losing. <laughs> he's losing ground. Hey, um, I think I kind of knew the answer, but I just want you to just clarify. Mm-hmm. But um, so would you say praying for someone in person is more powerful than praying for someone in, in secret? 
I also know that in the Bible it says when two or more gather to pray, like it's powerful. But like to what degree? Like would you say like the best would be two or more to pray and then to pray in person and then pray in private or it's all just like the prayers are just like equal all along? Um, so I feel, this is my personal opinion, I feel when I say can I pray for you, I'm just showing care. And that speaks to their heart. Like so it's a physical it's a physical movement towards someone. Um, if they go no or if I just feel if I feel like there's a wall up about that kind of stuff, then I'll pray from the secret. It's no less effective. But it's just there's something beautiful beautiful about when you have their agreement and yes to it because You've asked their permission as such. Um, corporate prayer. I just really want to encourage you. Um, the corporate anointing is way stronger than an individual anointing. The place, the things that you can do together corporately in unity um, is far beyond measure. There's a power in the body. And that the way that the Lord designed the body of Christ is really it's very interesting and it's very, very, very powerful. And that's why the enemy goes over, goes for disunity. Because if he can separate the body, then it loses its power. Um, so, yeah, corporate prayer, prayer is very effective. Very, very effective. And um, corporate strongholds. So corporate is kind of like two or more in an, in an agreement and it forms a structure. And so that can be like, that can be um, we agree. So we have a corporate agreement that Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose from the grave three days later. Do we all agree that? So that is a corporate agreement and it forms a structure that we stand on that anything that comes against that that says otherwise, we're like, nah, that's not the truth. And so that's, a, that's a, an agreement. So we have a corporate structure and a corporate agreement. And so when there's corporate structures and agreements in the demonic realm as such, it actually requires a corporate agreement and stru structure, but corporate prayer to dismantle it. And so we don't go after, so like territorial stuff, I'm talking like the biggest stuff, the um, territorial stuff, principalities, we never go after that stuff on our own, ever. We go with the body when Holy Spirit says, because sometimes the enemy will, pick, oh, sorry, the Lord will pick a fight with the enemy <laughs> for us to, because he knows he wants to break that thing. So does that make sense? Yep, to answer your question. So any more questions? Oh, Shanti's got one. I'm loving these questions, guys. They're great. Well done. Hey. Hi. Um, I am wondering about intercession. And I uh, personally, when it comes to, like, giving words in the church and stuff, it's quite easy mm -hmm. because you generally ex expect people to know that they can um, navigate that with the Lord if it's true or not or whatever. Um, but out in the world, I feel that often the times when I feel led to say something, it feels too personal. Like it's often about relationships or um, 
the family or stuff like that. And it just feels like really personal. And so I feel really hesitant to speak into that um, because who am I to know that and why should I say anything about it? Um, So I'm just wondering what you would do in that kind of scenario. Yeah. So that's what we would call a word of knowledge. So it's a fact that the Lord has just revealed to you. Um, That'd be right, hey, Shandy. Word of knowledge, yeah. And so... In those situations, it's really important to remember it's words of knowledge that will crack open a hard seed, a hard ground. And so it's more than likely what's actually at the forefront of their heart that the Lord's revealing. It's what they care about. It's what they're struggling with. But it's also like it's a deep issue of their heart. that, And the Lord cares about what's the deep issues of our hearts and so when we come with a word of knowledge and we do it with sensitivity and somewhat privacy as such so it's not so loud that everyone can hear it but what it actually does it cracks open the door and it actually then allows that they're like oh my goodness God cares for me so much that he would send a perfect stranger that doesn't know me at all and he would speak to them to speak to me about something that I'm really hurt by at the moment or wrestling with or struggling with or whatever and suddenly their heart that was hard just got really tender and soft and so there's an opportunity then to bring that word of knowledge and then just um like just like the lord cares he's caring about what you're carrying and he's seeing it it's not missed by him and so then there's an opportunity to go would it be okay if i just prayed for you and you do that with sensitivity and kindness and tenderness. but you And you follow that where Holy Spirit leads. But words and knowledge are super powerful because they do crack open doors that otherwise would be closed shut for people's hearts. What was that? Yes, the woman at the well. Yeah, the Samaritan woman. Does that help? And sometimes that requires us being brave <laughs> as well. Because it's it's risky, like, and you can just say you can say things like, "Hey, would it be okay if I shared something with you?" And it's okay, like, to tell me I'm wrong, and then you give you know, it's okay to ask for feedback too. So yeah, Is that cool. Yeah, sweet. Any more? Oh, hi. Um, yeah, no, I often wondered when I've interceded in prayer, I've had to really check my own heart and it's really important that it comes from a place of humility because mm-hmm. you can sometimes be almost controlling yep. when it comes to intercessory prayer and so you've got to really reevaluate your your stance yeah. before the Lord yeah. and make sure that your heart isn't wanting to put it over somebody. It's just purely a pure heart that wants to see something really beautiful grow from a situation. But I've found that the greatest scripture that's been encouragement to me in, in regards to intercessory prayer is, tell me if I'm right or wrong, but you need a lot of patience when you're <laughs> praying. Um, 1 Corinthians 13. Mm. So, yeah, what are your thoughts about that? Like when you're going to pray for someone, you have to really reevaluate and really ask yourself, from what position am I doing it from? Because if it's not from a position of humility, it can almost put them off. If, if they were to find out, they would 
be put off by that. Yeah, I think um, we do all that we can to walk humbly before our Lord and before men. And that's, um, you know, and that comes out when we pray for people and it reveals us. Um, I think we can, we do need to be careful and it is in a sense of when we are praying our will over someone else's will, that isn't necessarily the word of God. Or, you know, like there's like someone's, just say, for example, someone's dying, we can pray life over them because we know it's not the will of the Father that they're having an early death. But when it's something like um, my child is moving to America and I don't want them to, and it's like, and I'm praying, God, show them that they're not meant to go. That's manipulation, that's control, and it's actually a form of witchcraft as well. Um, witchcraft, actually, I uh, can't think of where it is. Um, I'll have to look it up. But it actually talks about it being soul-driven, not actually demonic, like all demonic, like it's actually a sin of the soul. Um, I can't remember the exact words, I apologise. Um, but yes, definitely, we we want to stay in alignment to the heart of God and the Word of God, and and what we feel Holy Spirit is saying. So we so in that case, like so, my son's going moving to America, and I don't want them to go. I am checking my heart as to why don't I want them to go. And and I realize, oh, it's actually because I just don't want to leave. I don't want them to be so far away. I'll never see them. You know, like that distant, like it's a real thing. And so I would, in, I asked the Lord to help my heart to pray in a way that is in alignment with um, what he's doing in their life. And so it's like, Lord, that you would open and shut the doors where you see fit that they would be walking according to the call that you have for them. Because I think even as a parent, we need to realise that we have to release our children to the call of God on their lives, and that actually could be in another nation. It could be down the road, but it might not be either. <laughs> and letting go and entrusting them to the Lord is actually its a process. It's not like a, oh, yeah, see ya, off you go. It's like... As a parent, your heart does backflips over your children and cares for them. So does that help, Jill? Yeah? So thank you for sharing that. It's true. We do our hearts need to be humble in intercession. Martin. Thank you. Um just uh on how do you know? Like, we're not in intercession all the time, are we? Because um, I had a situation yesterday in work and I felt this intimidation coming from someone. Mm. And then this morning, because I, I didn't... Teresa always says to me, bind the spirit of intimidation, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. I got it wrong anyway. Um, but this morning, the Lord starts showing me, because I was going, no, it's, there's something wrong there spiritually and whatever. Because I could feel the rejection. I could feel the, the pushback to me, towards me. 
and I didn't know what it was. And then this morning, the Lord started showing me, uh, I need prayer ministry on this stuff. It's child stuff. But, uh, but so um, my question is, how do you know what's uh, intercession versus the Lord uh, challenging or, or the Lord wants us to go deeper in our hearts with stuff? Yeah. yeah. So um, with that, it's like when I go into any situation with a and having a conversation or, or you know, just um, maybe an implication happens between me and someone else and I have an overreaction, that's because I've got an unresolved part usually in my own heart that needs healing and dealing with. And so even when we have something spiritual go on, it can have the same kind of like an, a triggered response, an overreaction to something, and it's because of the same thing. So in the natural and in the spiritual. So does that answer your question? So how do we know is that it's usually our response if it's like a, um, an over-response to something, there's an unresolved area. Um, is that kind of answer, that's answering what you were asking? Hang on a sec, Marty, just get the. Sorry? You can intercede in that situation as well because okay. the person yeah. is coming at you with intimidation and they're rejecting you yeah. because that's their stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think this can be like a. a log in your own eye, speck in their eyes scenario. Yeah. Uh, Jesus isn't saying that there's nothing in their eye. He's just saying what you're experiencing is yeah, there's something that's blocking your vision, your inability to see. That's so there's that sense of like, wow, this is this intimidation is really affecting me. God's using this scenario yeah. to heal a wound in my own heart to free me. Uh, and then I can pray from a place of freedom and a place of authority because yeah. I actually have victory over that spirit yeah. as well. Um, so I had a... a I, I won't go into my prayer ministry kind of story, but I had that where there was a, a spirit of accusation had come against me as a yeah. child, and then there was a spirit of intimidation that locked my heart away. The only people that could get behind the wall of my heart were people that carried a spirit of intimidation. So until I dealt, went through that prayer ministry journey, I couldn't then deal and I had no authority to stand up against that spirit of intimidation because it was actually like a pathway to, to attack, mm. like I would get wounded deeply by these people yeah. um, and, and they would just have this way of being able to get behind my walls that I'd put up to protect myself. Yeah. So until I got freedom, then I was actually able to, to minister and to pray effectively. Mm. So it's like God's doing two things yeah. in the midst of that, of that intercession, which is beautiful and, and what he yeah. will do. So uh, I think the question around are we always in intercession I think if we think that intercession is you know the old lady in the back room of the church praying on her on her knees for, for hours on end if that's intercession then no um, if you're talking about intercessions in standing in the gap like the whole of Jesus life was intercession and I think as we model our lives after him the whole of our lives is an act of intercession whether I'm I'm serving people loving people raising my family you know being being a good friend any way that I'm expressing the reality of heaven on earth that I'm I'm acting in that place of intercession every time we share the gospel with someone uh, whether it's through just kindness or words from the scriptures, whatever it might be, we're, we're in that place of, of representing God on the earth. And that's who we are as little, little Christs, essentially, as Christians. So it's great. Stacey.
I just have a question about discernment. Um, so I feel a lot of things or see a lot of things like you've described. Is there like a book on <laughs> feelings like... Um, how do I explain it? Almost so, like a glossary of... Yeah. This it's headache like I have through. is always... Yeah. Da -da 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 -da. Or in different situations where you feel like you've actually come under that thing. Is that just um, like... And then when you go away from it, it's like, oh, I can see and I can mm -hmm. feel now. Like, But I don't know what that is, even though I ask God, like, what's going on here or... What do I need to intercede for? Or like sore tummies or just all uh, like, my, yeah, anyway. Just different things. Is there anything or is it different for every person? So you'll find there's similarities um, of way people will discern certain things. Um, so for me, I find witchcraft affects my mind and my head kind of thing um, depending on what type of witchcraft it is I can feel it affects me differently on different but it's gen it's pretty much always on my head um, so I when it's uh, yeah it's like a pressure I feel like a pressure like a tight headband and um, so a new one that I've discovered I'd been feeling it for years and not realized is I'd feel like this almost like something like going like this on my forehead right there. And um, I realised it's actually a cultic prayer. It's the third eye stuff being prayed. Um, so it took me years to figure that out. And so, But that's also part of creating history with the Lord and creating vocabulary. Like everything, think of everything in your life even though you don't understand, is an invitation to conversation for deepening intimacy with him. And whilst we have amazing resources and all that stuff, he wants to be part of that conversation too because it's actually about developing trust and connection. And so when we learn, like when we approach it like that, it's not just like going to school and learning things by rote, unfortunately. It's... Um, you like I've been doing this for 30 odd years and the language I have now I did not even have 10 years ago five years ago it's being trained and honed as I'm getting older spending time with the Lord and gathering around other people that are more mature than me in this stuff and at the same time figuring it out as I go along so yeah is that helpful <laughs> Yes, Wens. Hey, Nick. Um, Hi, lovely. A question, I think two parts, was you said your bo our bodies are designed for intercession. Mm -hmm. So I love that. And I was like, oh, give us more. And then the second part is, is it always with words? So can we intercede with our dance? Yes. Yeah. Um so to answer that, our body is designed, we're designed for movement, like you just hinted at dance there. Um, you can look when they went around Jericho in the Old Testament, um, Joshua led it, and they put the musicians and the, the singers and dancers out the front. 
and they, you know, walked around silently. And on the, then on the seventh day, they sh- the Lord said, shout. And so sound, yes, musical instruments, dance. Um, there's these things called prophetic acts and you can see them all through scripture. Um, Jeremiah laid on one side for, I don't know how many days, hundreds, I think it was a 300 days or something according to the years of sin. Huh? There you go. Say it in the microphone. Ezekiel. Ezekiel, sorry. Um, laid on one side for, you know, hundreds of days and we won't go into the rest of what he had to do. And then it was like roll over onto the other side. And it was a prophetic act of the sin of Judah on one side and the sin of Israel on the other. And so it was um, stepping into the gap as an act of intercession. And um, the other week, sorry, Shanti, I'm going to mention you. Um, We were having some breakthrough stuff happening with worship and I was just like, I could just hear release the dancers and Shanti's a dancer. And so I just went over her, anointed her for it. And I said, now come up the front and dance. And as she, oh, sorry, getting emotional. As she started dancing, it started breaking the room open into a deeper worship. And we had a gentleman in our community came up to me afterwards and he said, when she was dancing, I saw lights just coming out of her into the room and she started spinning and as she was spinning, she was getting faster and faster in the natural but these lights were firing out of her faster and faster and faster and so that's the power of a prophetic act. If things Sometimes the Lord will tell you to run around a room and you go like, um, sorry, you're talking to someone else. <laughs> I don't run. <laughs> well, I do, but, you know, some people don't apparently. <laughs> but it's actually like it's, it is an act of intercession. Um, so, yes, there's not, it's not just words. It's, it's, I think there's, it's very humbling when the Lord asks you to do things other than just speak. <laughs> But yes, there's much more ways than just um, speaking. Does that answer your questions? Body. Oh, the body being designed for it? Yes, I just wanted to hear your your experience. Yeah, oh, my experience. <laughs> well, I've had to learn the hard way. <laughs> um, so we're designed for movement. Our discerning is usually our bodies. I like an antenna, literally. Um, for me, I feel discernment, so it manifests in my body. Some people can it can manifest um, like in really bizarre ways where they actually might develop a condition as a word of knowledge for someone, and as soon as they they deliver that word of knowledge, it stops straight away. And it's gone, like they never had it. Um, it can be like that. Um, and that's why we actually need to steward our bodies well because it does put stress on the body and so we need to look after our body. Um, so movement, dance, it's, you know, that's a, a way of um, interceding, um, singing, so looking after your voice, you know, just all those different ways. So, yeah, does that help? Yeah. It's like you think of any way that you can physically prophesy or pray or intercede. It's it's usually a physical movement of some sort. 
Anyone else? We good?